everyone. Welcome to the first, second episode of Outrage Factory. First the ever. podcast where we talk about the things that pissed you off this week. And I'm going to start by saying the thing that pissed me off was Derek losing our first actual episode. So we're re-recording this as our first episode. Yeah, uh, in true Bolin fashion, <laughs> I failed to edit, record, or upload our last episode. So we basically talked hey, into a microphone. It. We did, yeah. uh, but the uh, the program ended up crashing when I waited two weeks to do anything with it. Hopefully the same fate does not befall this episode. No, because this time we'll actually upload it. Uh, we as promise. always, I am your host, Derek Bolin. I'm also your host, Dale DeRuder. And let's get right into it. Things that made people angry this week. We're going to start with a little local piece of news here. Uh... Bike lanes in Vancouver. So so there's three things that are guaranteed in life. There's death, taxes, and if people are upset about traffic in Vancouver, they will inevitably blame bike lanes. Uh, we got some unseasonable snow here this week. Completely shut the city down. People shit their pants. Uh, we're an embarrassment to the rest of Canada. <laughs> and... What ends up happening is people get mad because bike lanes are cleared, whereas every road in the city is not. That's horseshit. Expound on that, please, Dan. Well, you can't just clear the bike lanes and be like, well, F the cars, because the city goes into lockdown when there's not when there's snow on the roads because people down here don't know how to drive in the snow because it's been however many years since they went to real Canadian winter and had to actually learn how to drive when it's slippery. So the fact that they're clearing off the bike lanes as a priority, I guess, is really good if you like bike lanes or even own a bike, which I am neither. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of of the contrary. I, I don't think... People like to get pissed off because they look at it and they say... Well, why were the bike lanes cleared instead of the roads? But it's not like someone from the city is taking a roadside plow and putting <laughs> yeah. it on the bike lanes and diverting attention from that. That's a valid point because you would only need a little push snow plow to clear the bike lanes, whereas you need an actual snow plow to which Vancouver must own maybe tots too. Yeah, so I'm sure all snow plows were, were locked and loaded and ready to go and there was some, some city worker in a snowblower. But you can clear the bike line, bike lanes without it taking away from clearing the roads. And people fail to understand this. It's if you hate the traffic, if, you know, there's gridlock, if the roads aren't clear, it's, it's bike lanes' fault. And for such a progressive city, uh, people here fucking hate cyclists. Well, the thing is, the reason we hate cyclists, I'm one of those people because I go to downtown maybe twice a month. And when I go there, it's A, annoying to drive because it's so slow, and B, there's nowhere to park. So, obviously, I'm going to hate bike lanes because without bike lanes, traffic would move faster and there'd be places for me to park. Yes, it adds to the carbon output of our city, whatever, we're ruining the environment. But I want to park, and I want to drive better, and I don't own a bike. So, of course, I'm not going to be on the side of bike lanes. See, okay, so disclaimer here, I, I do own a bike. Uh, it sits in my living room for like eight months out of the year. It I, is a nice bike. I occasionally commute on it to work. Uh, yeah, shout out to Brody Bikes if you want to toss us some sponsorship dollars. I will gladly endorse uh, the chariot you have provided for me. 
Uh, but I'm not this, like, crazy frothing-at-the-mouth cyclist rights advocate. Like, I get that cyclists piss people off a lot. Uh, but... And I don't even care about the carbon output or doing right yeah. by the environment. It's more, if you want to get more cars off the road, the cars are the cause of the problem in well, Vancouver. Yeah, there's the too traffic. many people. There's, there's too many people driving too many cars. Yeah. So if you want to get people out of their cars, you got to give them alternative modes of transportation. But every time the city decides to invest in something like transit or bike lanes, all these car drivers shit their pants like what are we gonna build roads on top of the roads that we already have build additional (laughs) i have an actual solution that doesn't require infrastructure what you do is you make all the parking rides for free then people will drive to these parking rides park for free and then ride the sky train yeah people like free stuff so they'll just go there and then they'll solve the problems but all the parking rides you have to pay so people are like well i don't want to pay and I have to go from the suburbs to work, so I might as well just drive. I think if you did that and you threw a toll on every bridge going into downtown Vancouver, which is pretty much only accessible by bridge or the crackiest street in Canada, uh, you would see a lot more people taking transit. I think if you put a toll on every bridge, there'd be riots. That We are noted, <laughs> we are noted for our ability to I mean, to if we riot because our hockey team loses... You can't expect people to be like, oh, they're just wanting me to give them money for something I feel I have the right to do anyway, which is drive my car that I bought. No. Then they'll just get angry. Yeah, but at the end of the day, there's too many cars on the road in this city. It's not sustainable. Uh, Downtown Vancouver, where the majority of people in this city and the outlying suburbs work, is like this tiny, tiny peninsula. So you have millions of people <laughs> driving on these roads into yeah. this tiny little shitty piece of land it's it's not sustainable so i think the solution isn't to throw more money at roads and build more roads and get more people on roads and make things easier for car drivers it's to start yeah build build more bike lanes get people on on bikes and uh throw some money behind transit but the thing is yeah, bike lanes are all nice, and everybody keeps pointing to Europe and being like, well, look how many cities there dry, or ride their bikes, and they don't use cars. But there, it's nobody's living in Langley and working downtown and having to take like a two-hour bike ride just to get to work. The problem is that everybody would switch to bikes if it wasn't such a long commute. Like, we have people living, like, by car an hour away from their job. Nobody wants to do that every day on their bike. Electric bikes, man. I'm telling you. My, my Chinese brother, who lives in uh, Wuxi, which is a suburb of Shanghai, uh, bought a bike with a little uh, engine on it. Apparently, like these a things, moped? Like, it's like a moped, but no, it's like it's if you attached uh, a motor to like just one of, one of these things, like a regular bicycle. Oh, I think Smart Car makes those. Yeah, so, I mean, that's an alternative as well. Shout out to Smart Car. If you want to <laughs> give us an electric bike, we will plug you on our podcast. Yeah, or, you know, money, or money and an electric bike. Yeah, actually give us money, because bike seats hurt my butt, because I'm a hefty man. So I would rather have money in my wallet than sitting on your bike. No D- offense to your bikes, I'm sure they're great, 
but I want money more. Dale's also angry that they don't make uh, white seed bicycles. That's that's <laughs> something that he's really angry about. Why don't they make banana seeded <laughs> mountain bikes or roadsters? That would be great. That would would that's that get you on a bike? Comfortable seat. Remember banana seat bikes when you were a kid? No, I don't even know what a banana seat is. It's like a two foot seat that's like six inches wide. So it's like a regular seat, but it's just way longer, and it's way more comfortable. Yeah, it doesn't burrow its way up your colon i will say i i am a thin man and (laughs) riding my bike is still the most uncomfortable (laughs) uncomfortable experience uh in the world it's like i'm being uh penetrated a little bit by the seat every every time i ride it yeah there's one thing you don't think about from your teenage years you're not like oh i guess my taint was very sturdy from riding a bike all the time and going 10 years without riding a bike has made my taint soft and it can no longer handle the weight of my own body yeah so basically uh i would love to see vancouverites stop pissing their pants about uh bike lanes every time something comes up maybe let's start exploring other options beyond yeah roads i i still think they should have one highway right into downtown and right out just I don't know because you still need to you like yeah get rid of cars and passengers and stuff that's great but all these businesses still need their product delivered by trucks like you can't have all these trendy coffee shops without a semi truck going to bring them their coffee every day or the restaurants get their food delivered or bike messengers man such, that's Th- true. think of the employment that would create if you split one truck delivery over like 50 bike messengers and each one carried one bag of coffee <laughs> and everyone, coffee was $20 a cup everyone I'd pay it I would yeah. pay that shit coffee's like cigarettes once you realize people can't live without it you could jack the price up to whatever you want that's probably true actually We're, I imagine we will see uh, mass inflation uh, in the coffee market which kind of leads into our second uh, topic Conservative. Man, that's a nice segue. Well, yeah, you like that? Conservative boycotts of everything. It used to be the left had a monopoly on outrage and flipping out and boycotting. Uh, Childish outrage, must I'll add. Yeah, like uh, Chick fil A for their stance on gay marriage, or not even for. Yeah, they're like publicly expressed. I gotta say something embarrassing. I. When this Chick fil A thing happened. I saw a a story about it, and I was like, I thought everybody was protesting Chick-fil-A. What's this Chick-fil-A? And it didn't dawn on me that it was the same place. And then I felt like an idiot, and I probably shouldn't have even shared this story because it adds nothing and just makes me look dumb. It does make you, but there will be plenty of opportunities for you to look dumb over the course of this podcast. But is it endearing (laughs) to the audience, maybe? Yeah, let's say that. Make myself more human? I went to... uh, or was it? So I had always wanted... Chick-fil-A is one of those, like, American fast food restaurants that obviously we don't get up here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason there's more obese people in America than Canada, because they have better fast food. They do their fast food so well. Like, Jack in the Box, anytime I drive across yeah. the border, Jack in the Box is the first place I will go. Yeah, it's like, I don't even care that people died there anymore. I'll eat it all the time. <laughs> so I was in an airport, I can't even remember where, and there was a Chick-fil-A, and I was like, ah, I really want to try this, but I'll, yeah. uh, like... 
you know, if, if I buy it, does that make me a bigot? Like, does yeah, that mean I, I hate you? <laughs> yeah. If I eat the sandwich, I bought the sandwich, but I like I've never had a more shameful meal in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, it was, was was it like good shame where you do something shameful and then you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, but then it kind of adds to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, if my friends could see me now <laughs> yeah. eating uh, this chicken sandwich that supports homophobia. Yeah. Everybody's judging me, but it's kind of hot. Anyway, it was a delicious sandwich. And, yeah. uh, you know, their opinions on gay marriage notwithstanding, I would encourage everyone to eat Chick-fil-A. And I would encourage Chick-fil-A to give us money to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, give us money. We like that. It'll... And then we can ride off the Chick-fil-A on the bikes that we're also going to get given. <laughs> so we'll be able to stay in shape. With so, seats that will support our large yeah, asses. I am going to get a fat guy specialty made bike seat that has armrests and cup holders on it. So the left used to, yeah, hold the monopoly on outrage and boycotts. And lately you see... Uh, Which is one good thing that Trump's given us. What? It's given, well, not us, because I don't want to say I'm right wing, because even though I have right wing policies I agree with, I also agree with left wing. So I'm just going to say I'm middle before anybody wants to tell me how much I should hate anybody. You are, despite being a centrist, you are probably the most right wing person I, I hang out with. On a regular that, basis. to me, is hilarious because I'm the guy who wore nail polish, dresses, and makeup to high school. Yeah. And for me to be the conservative one is kind of ridiculous, actually. You got called gay every day. People yeah. always wanted to kick your ass. People did want to fight me, but thank goodness I was always larger than average in size. And no, everybody's like, I'm going to fight that guy who wears a dress. But he looks like he could throw a punch, so how much? I'll just threaten to fight him. And then we'll see what happens. And no, I didn't actually fight because even aside from my larger stature and it looked like I'm able to throw a punch, I don't even actually know if I can throw a punch because I've never actually punched someone in the face. See, now you've kind of ruined the mystique and all those guys from high school are going to come back and kick oh, yeah. your ass. <laughs> They're going to be like, what? Driving their car to Surrey, Delta, border, and beat me up. I like how you had to qualify it. Okay, yeah. so... Uh, Conservatives are officially the biggest crybabies on the planet now because Starbucks makes an announcement that they're going to hire 10,000 refugees and mm. like give refugees jobs. Wait, which, is this in the States or Canada? I think it's in the States. I don't know if it was global. Uh, maybe it's in the States exclusively. Yeah. Starbucks just made this announcement that they're committed to hiring 10,000 refugees, which you think would please the right because they're also the people who consistently bitch that refugees don't have jobs and just leech off the government. So yeah. so Starbucks commits to hiring these people and everyone loses their shit and says they're going to boycott Starbucks. And uh, Oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, you know, biggest biggest coffee chain on the planet definitely going to feel the sting. Yeah. Of <laughs> some yeah. very angry people. And then you saw the same thing. Budweiser uh, is premiering a commercial today, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, that talks about their founder's personal immigration story. Uh, their founder is a white guy. He emigrated from uh, what I'm assuming is a white country. I'm going to guess Ireland. I don't know who founded. Oh, uh, no, Bush. Anheuser-Busch? So probably Anheuser-Busch buy them? Probably Germany, I'm going to guess. Let's just say... Western Europe. Yes. That or, covers or a Eastern. lot of countries, and I'm willing to bet it was one of those. And just by the mere act 
of uh, talking about their founder who immigrated to the U.S. and started a beer company. They've uh, they've raised the ire of the conservative crowd uh, in the United States, who is now vowing to uh, to boycott Budweiser products. I imagine that's going to sting a little more than the Starbucks one, yeah. because you think of the people who drink Budweiser. Yeah, like Starbucks aren't like, oh my god, Ned on the farm, he's not going to come in and get his soy chai tea latte. But Budweiser will actually feel the sting of a boycott from the right wing more. Yeah, the Venn diagram of people who fly the Confederate flag and people who drink Budweiser is actually <laughs> just a circle. <laughs> so that that might hurt a little bit. But uh, yeah, so conservatives are, are mega pissed off about Budweiser's yeah. founder being an immigrant and people talking about that. Yeah, which is ridiculous because... It's an old rhetoric, but you feel like you still have to say it, that Canada and the U.S. are built on immigration. Sure, it was 200 years ago or 150 years ago when all the Western European came over here to settle the, the Wild West, but they're still immigrants. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we're going to support any kind of immigrant... Sorry, not we, conservatives. <laughs> I, I support every kind of immigrant. My uh, father was an immigrant. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, aren't you... Uh... Yeah, well, my dad came over when he was three. So I don't know if that makes me first-generation Canadian since I was born here or if he's the first generation. Either or, I'm white and my dad came over on a boat. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're first... Because you're first-generation native-born Canadian. Yeah. So that would make you... First, I'm like third third generation, I think. Yeah. Fourth generation. Uh, but same thing. Like my, I'm not. I have no Native American blood in me. I am like French and Polish. So clearly, yeah. my my ancestors came here from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the funny story was I was in college and I had a Chinese friend who was actually third generation Canadian because his parents, 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 parents. Or parents' parents came over. Anyways, needless to say, his family had been here for generations, and mine had just got here. And whenever we'd hang out, people would treat me like I was the more Canadian. And I would always be like, I don't know, ask Mike, it's his Canada, I just got here, I'm a tourist still. <laughs> it's, it's his Canada. You could yeah. ask me about Dutch shit, wooden shoes, I, can, <laughs> yeah. I know all about that. Uh, I love Dutch shit. <laughs> what, what else is there? I know. Uh, salted licorice. Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. Almond flavoring in anything. So is this the thing? And horse meat. One Dutch of our people uh, eat horse meat. I'm which down with that. Also, IKEA would love to hear. <laughs> I would actually. I don't know why we're so opposed to eating horses. Like I could tell you why it's, we're opposed to it because it's gross. It's. I gross. ate it when I was a kid, and it just tastes like bland beef. Basically, it tastes like cheap stewing beef. And, yeah, it makes sense because horses inevitably die and there's all that meat, so why not eat it? My point is, eat beef because it's more delicious. <laughs> That's true. Cows are uh, fatter animals. I exactly. guess horses are, like, super lean. So, yeah. Uh, I still... Apparently, there is a restaurant in Vancouver where you can go... Uh, and they have a secret menu that has horse on it. <laughs> so I'm not even. This is like the In and Out Burger, like, <laughs> horse style fries. You could you could secretly order this terrible meat that people <laughs> don't eat purely on taste. <laughs> I'd I'd try it just to say that I did. Yeah, I would too. Uh, to a, well, there's a couple things I would say not to try just to have it, like cow tongue. 
when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm, so I'm really familiar with cow tongues and how gross they are, and they're like two feet long in a cow's mouth. So there's a lot of actual meat there. Are there tongues actually that Yeah, long? you might think, why would people eat a cow tongue? That seems like such a small piece of meat. But it's actually like two <laughs> feet long, so you can make a whole bunch of sandwiches out of it, which my grandma did. And then she fed to me, and I was halfway through the sandwich, and she goes, that's pretty... And before I knew what it was, I was like, this bologna tastes kind of weird, kind of salty, kind of chewy. And then my grandma goes, oh, that's pretty good, eh? You'd never know it was cow tongue. And... <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm traumatized, but I haven't eaten cow tongue since because you could actually feel the little bumps where the taste buds uh-huh. were. Okay, yeah, that's a little yeah. off-putting. It's, yeah. There's nothing worse than eating an animal and being reminded that you're eating an animal. Like, yeah. I just, like, buying a chicken and, like, having it still have feathers on it. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that shit. Yeah, that's why processed meat's so good. You're like, there's no way this came <laughs> from an animal. This is just salt. This is grown in a factory. factory. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we digress. Um, oh, let's get back to the right wing crying more than the left wing. Yeah. This is really troublesome to me because just a couple years ago, we had all the left wings crying about safe spaces and going crazy overboard about how everybody was having hurt feelings and how we need to respect everybody and colleges need to have what well, a safe space is, is a college where people are technically adults and can buy alcohol and vote need a play a specific place where they're not allowed to be made fun of or insulted which yeah you shouldn't make fun of or insult each other but if you have a space specifically for that what's that saying about everywhere else it's like oh you're allowed to make fun of people just as long as you're not in a yeah. safe space these are the be shitty to other people yeah. zones and they're yeah. like 99% of the planet when you walk through the corridor run because people will make fun of you yeah but anyways my point is this that shit just got crazy out of hand with the left wing and it was like alright let's bring it back into common sense yes you shouldn't make fun of each other but stipending a safe spot where people can go is not helping anything. It's just making your cause seem ridiculous. And then the shitty right-wing people just go batshit crazy, and now they're the whiny assholes. Yeah, I think it's uh, everyone is a professional umbrage taker lately. Like, yeah. everyone just gets offended over everything. Yeah. Uh, the which... thing is, it's so fun to be mad at shit. Like, when you're riled up and you're angry and you just want to smash it, it's awesome. And then you smash it and you're like, that felt really good. But then, in our society, it's pretty good. Like, we got a pretty lax, for the most part. I'm not saying there's not poor people out there who have a shitty time. But, (laughs) like me and Derek, we can grow up our whole lives without having to eat cow tongue or horse. So we have a pretty cushy lifestyle where we get to, like, eat good food, everything's nutritious... So we don't get angry at stuff anymore. There's nothing for us to actually fight. So people like us, when they see something and they're like, hey, that gives me a chance to be outraged. Hey, I'm going to be outraged. Holy crap, this makes me feel good. I'm so angry right now. Oh, what are all these feelings? I never had this growing up when I had my moderate lifestyle that was good. Yeah, I guess that that's actually a pretty uh, succinct explanation of why all these people invent. Like, they literally go out of their way to find things to be yeah. pissed off about now. Which is kind of the purpose behind this whole podcast. To be like, yeah. hey, you're being an idiot and the things you're mad about, you should not actually be mad about. Like, Want to hear a terrible old joke? I, Remember when common sense was common? <laughs> 
thought I was the dad here. That was horrible. Ooh, I don't need to have a kid. I already got the dad jokes. Uh, that actually, that's another. Uh, Ooh, let good me do segment. it. Let me do it the same way. All right. So now, talking about people inventing things to be outraged about, this leads us right into our next topic of discussion, which is Milo. What's his? Yaunopolis. Yeah, which is a really hard to say name and he is a right winger who I didn't know was as bad as he was I liked him because he took to task all these people crying about safe spaces I didn't know that he was involved in that fucking annoying Gamergate shenanigans yeah so for those of you who haven't touched a newspaper or watched TV in the past or been like, on the internet week, or yeah even looked at the internet uh, Milo Yiannopoulos who's like this conservative Breitbart uh, commentator dipshit uh, is doing this speaking tour at college campuses around the U.S. and he had this uh, speech planned at uh, UC Berkeley, which is a <laughs> campus of the Full University of, of California. Yeah, like this Full is this is probably one of the more liberal leaning college campuses in the U.S. and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the whole reason the guy was there was just to cause shit. The guy's a professional troll. Um, there were, uh, you know, no surprise protests that... Uh, Hello, I gotta say, I can't. this is bad, but like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, he made a post about how Trump took away someone's rights to do something, and he said, don't do that. They have the right to speak their mind. He's talking about the left wing. That makes them no better than us or whatever uh, so we'll, so he's, we'll come I'm back to that he's not entirely a piece of garbage we'll, we'll come back to that because uh, but I'm not defending him <laughs> <laughs> well I guess I'm kind of defending yeah, him yeah you can that's fine but I just want to say the guy's done stuff that I like but overall, I'm still not convinced he's a good person. Yeah, probably a trash you. So he, he went to do his speech. There was, like, massive protests against him. They ended up canceling uh, the, the talk Although, he was having. I think they should stop being protests as soon as something is burned. Yeah. Uh, like, as soon as you burn a business in protest, isn't that become a riot? Yeah, like, 100... Where does it stop being a protest and become a riot? Probably at that, that there was uh, $100,000 in damage done to the campus. Well, that sounds more than a... To the campus? Yeah, to the... Just but, the campus. Just to, well, yeah, because that's where the talk was being held. So, $100,000 in damage done. So, okay, yeah, maybe... That, that'd be more of a riot. Maybe more riot than protest. I'm Although, sure some people were there with good intentions just to be like hey this guy shouldn't be allowed to say his words <laughs> although i do gotta say it is nice to see the left wing actually be able to get angry and do stuff yeah they grew some balls stuff yeah it's nice to see the left wing has balls now instead of being like oh we can't sink to their level oh we gotta be better than this oh we, we have to this. let's just organize a boycott yeah, <laughs> if people knew what was going on they would not stand <laughs> for it well the problem is everybody knows what's going on and they don't give a shit yeah uh, yeah reasoning people into submission or just like being right about things that's not gonna cut it anymore yeah, i think you actually have to get out there and like you you can no longer call people stupid and then being like oh maybe i am stupid what was your opinion on this subject i will follow that yeah so anyway so this uh has suddenly blown up into this huge uh free speech rights uh arguments with the right saying that uh in, 
you know, interestingly enough, they're saying that Milo should have been allowed to speak and suppressing his right to speak was, uh, was taking away his right to free speech, but condemning the protesters who had the same right to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not the right to cause $100,000 in damage, but they definitely no. had a right to, you know, that's, that's free speech in and of itself is, is mm-hmm. organizing a protest in direct response to this shithead being allowed yeah. to say whatever he wants. So it's become this huge free speech issue. Uh, you know, obviously, I personally feel the guy should have been allowed to speak. It, it, he's not he's not a martyr. Like, the, yeah. the guy has a, a, like, platform to which through which he can <laughs> express his views. He has news outlets having him on all the time, interviewing him about his shitty toxic opinions. Milo is not a person who has his ability to speak limited in any way at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dale and I could be crying more about how our free speech is is being suppressed because we're not on network news talking about this shit right now. Where's yeah. our news invite? Yeah, I emailed Fox and they said, <laughs> you can't talk about politics. And I was like, why? And they're like... Well, mostly because you're too lazy to actually research your political opinions, so you don't actually know what's going on. And I was like, that looks <laughs> Yeah, you don't actually know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true, because politics is very boring, and I don't want to actually learn about it, because it just seems like homework. So, but yeah, this this raises a couple issues for me. So, first, Milo's being portrayed as this, like, free speech hero, uh, which he most undoubtedly is not. This is a guy who... Uh, used to campaign on Twitter to have people who he disagreed with fired from their jobs or harassed by his followers yeah. uh, to the point where he was actually suspended from Twitter for it. Uh, th- this isn't a guy who's like some champion of free speech, but that notwithstanding, uh, he did he does have a right to, to say his opinions, no matter how shitty yeah. and toxic he is. And people who are arguing that... Uh, he should not be allowed to say what he wants to say uh, are really, really misguided. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and let's look at the top, the slippery slope of this ethicalness. Because if you say Milo doesn't have his right to speak at Berkeley because you don't agree with his opinion, what's to stop someone to be like, you know what, you're right, we shouldn't let this guy, he's obviously misguided, his opinions are crass and he shouldn't be allowed to speak well then what happens when it's a person that you personally agree with who's not allowed to speak and then the right wing comes and does a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to your school because a speaker they don't want you to hear is speaking yeah that's that's the most important point whenever people start crying about how hate speech should be suppressed i'm like just just imagine if they turned around and they applied those laws to you because laws aren't super uh objective they're they're very it's not like they're universally fair it's they're they're going to be applied in in certain situations and they they could very much if you're saying bad things about nazis or you're saying bad things about the alt-right if if you're a leftist do you really want hate speech laws applied to you and yeah, to your exactly. opinion. Like, if you're... Technically, if you're denouncing all Trump supporters as unintelligent and all the same, that is still bigotry, and you could be charged with hate speech. So you don't want your freedom of speech taken away from you because then you can't criticize the other side at all. Yeah, plus do you really want 
a law prohibiting hate speech enacted while Trump is in office? Because, <laughs> like, I can tell you that's going to lead to some bad situations. Yes. Uh, where he will probably use it to muzzle anyone who disagrees with him uh, under the guise of hate speech. Canada actually recently enacted, we do have hate speech legislation here. Yeah. Uh, we also went one step above and beyond and put in uh, a new bill prohibiting uh, Islamophobia, which seems a little excessive to me. I mean, we already have hate speech laws yeah. here. Why do we need one saying Islamophobia specifically is bad uh, and... I mean, obviously, tragic events uh, last week where yeah. uh, the the shooter in a Quebec City mosque uh, killed five or six. I think uh, it was six. Yeah. yeah, six Muslims there. Um, that that's not something that an Islamophobia bill would have prevented. <laughs> no. And the thing we're running into trouble here is not that. Yeah, every uh, religion should be protected and stuff. But if you like if you single out Islam and saying their people have a bill that protects specifically them, what about the other minorities and the other religions? Do they get secondary treatment according to hate speech legislation and like the laws when you're punishing uh, perpetrators? Will the people who perpetrate against Islam be uh, treated harsher than people's that say against uh, Hinduism? Yeah, or Christians or Buddhists. And yeah. I'm going to disagree with one point there. I don't think religions should be protected at all. No. I think they should they should be protected against violence, which we yeah. have laws to prohibit. Yeah. They should be uh, protected to, to some degree against like inciting violence against them. Like I yeah. would never say, uh, you know, walk into a church and shoot people because that would be inciting hate speech yeah uh but we should definitely be permitted to uh question or ridicule <laughs> or yeah, exactly. yeah like that's so and i this islamophobia bill i'm gonna go right out there and say i have not read the bill i don't even know what it entails i haven't even read like the alarmist shit about it but the fact that it exists should be alarming enough yeah like we we need to be able to critique religions uh because, yeah, you can't insulate these huge public institutions that prey on people yeah. not knowing things Especially, from criticism. Especially, I'm going to say, traditional Islam does prey on women's rights. It's just a fact. And Sharia law, which we don't have to worry about in Canada, thank God, treats women as second-class citizens. So if you have this Islamophobia hate speech law thing what's that going to do for those people if you're if you're criticizing islam and its treatment of its women does that automatically make you a hate speech thrower yeah or i mean i'm gonna say all the all the muslims that i've known personally in my life have been like moderates and super modern and like just like the nicest yeah. people uh so I, I think ultimately, and this ties back into my problems with every religion, is that it's the, you know, if you want to practice religion, fucking whatever, great for yeah. you, believe what you want to believe. If you are like a fundamentalist who is like, my religion's law, this Old Testament shit, or this Quran shit yeah. is the only way to go, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to stand for that. And it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or Muslim or... Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, these texts were written 
thousands of years ago with no idea of what the world was going to become. And these people are still clinging to these outdated beliefs. And the thing is, they were all written by people. So that person's personal interest is tinging the text. So you don't know for sure if whoever wrote these books had like their own personal agenda just kind of added in. Oh, you know, absolutely they do. Like what's the most recent religion that's been founded and gained no like Scientology. Yeah. You look at that. That's That's a good one because it's still in its birthing age. Yeah. Because it's so young. It's less than a hundred years old. So so you think so you apply that same standard and I'm probably gonna piss off uh, any of our religious followers here, but you think if you apply that to how every religion throughout history has been conceived, uh, yeah. whereas just some guy with a cult of personality wrote a book and said, yeah. hey, this is the law now, this is how things came to be, even if it's insane shit like aliens, yeah. uh, you look at Scientology and you apply that model and you say, okay, well, maybe that's how Christianity was founded and maybe mm-hmm. that's how Islam was founded and maybe that's how Judaism was founded. <laughs> like, it was just yeah. people telling stories to kind of uh, to to build uh, a, a cult that ultimately served the person at the head of the church. Yeah, like you look at John Smith from the Mormons. He found gold tablets buried in New England that angels had put there and meant for him to find, and he could only read them in his hat, in his top hat, <laughs> and nobody else could even see these tablets, and that's where their extra laws came from. And then you have Mohammed, who got the rules from going into a cave and speaking to an archangel. I think it was Gabriel. But yeah, that's the crazy thing, is that you look at uh, at Islam and yeah. Christianity, and there are an awful lot of parallels for these people oh, to fucking hate each other as much the as they do. The funny thing is, it's the same God, and Mohammed said that Jesus wasn't the son of God, but he was a prophet. So he's saying that Jesus, Abraham, and all these main characters from the Bible exist in his religion too. It's just the Quran or Quran. How do you? Say, oh, Quran, I'm gonna get just so Quran, much trouble. Quran, Quran. Quran is the pro, just like the best edition of the Bible with everything corrected. Yeah, which is the same thing that the Mormons did. Yeah, and probably you know Elron just wrote his own fucking bible uh yeah. that's that's something i'll probably do when i want to you know start my cult i'll just yeah. be like hey i am yeah, now, now the interpreting problem these is religious to rules. write a to get a new religion going now like you can't really write a new one without biting on someone else's style pretty much because all the good <laughs> ideas are taken yeah the son of god who came and like healed the sick and made blind people see and could walk on water yeah that's pretty dope but somebody already did that so those powers or miracles can't be you can't use them in your religion because then you're just copying christianity just you wait man church of the outrage factory it's gonna happen (laughs) we will be oh man we will be gods i hope we're able to dance away from the cult line a little better than say mcveigh or no wait was mcveigh the guy who blew up the thing who was the guy mcveigh was uh david david koresh the branch davidians yeah that's what i'm thinking of hopefully we don't go that even then that he didn't even invent his own religion he was just like oh i'm i'm jesus yeah i'm new jesus which i'm not defending the guy because he's a horrible monster but if everything in these books is true what's to stop uh say jesus from coming again like he's the son of god god could just be like wow I ah, see what I did wrong last time. I'm going to give him another chance and give him another Jesus. 
And then what would happen then? Who's to say it wouldn't be some crazy guy in a compound with guns in Texas? <laughs> could, exactly. could be. I personally would choose maybe to not have guns if I was the <laughs> son of God, so you don't take as much heat from the government. But I'm not the son of God, so I can't make those decisions. That is that is a valid... You're not the son of God yet. Just wait. Yeah, Just I mean, wait until we find that out in episode three. Could you imagine finding that out? You like wake up in the morning and... You get a phone call and they're like, oh, hey, there's something at the post office for you. And you're like, weird, I didn't order anything God's going to do the post office? And then you go, well, not God doing the post office, but the secret church who's kept the secret for 200 years. And they're like, hey, Dale, you're 37 now. That's roughly the same age Jesus was when he died. He was 33, I think. So uh, there's a package here. And you go and there's this like 400-year-old leather-bound book sent to you from some weirdo church in like western europe and you're like oh what's this weird and you open it up and it just says you're the son of god how would you handle that you'd be like wow that's uh it's pretty enlightening i guess i better buy some guns (laughs) (laughs) i better move to texas move into texas (laughs) get some guns and get some followers and then fuck their wives yeah because that's what the son of god would do that would be awesome if it was you because we've been best friends since high school so if you're the son of god i'm golden man like i will you could be in my cult, but yes. if I burn, you burn. Yeah. You can hump everybody's wives, but when I burn, you're burning with me. Let me think on that, because yeah. I know you would definitely burn. <laughs> like, yeah. that would, this would not oh, yeah. be a long-lived I'm not even charismatic enough to pull it off. We're not We're not super organized yeah. people. I couldn't handle uploading a podcast exactly. to, to the internet last week. Yeah. So, like I'd like to think I'm likable <laughs> enough that people wouldn't kill me if I said as a son of God, but... I've seen how much people have hated me in the past for probably valid reasons, and me claiming to be the son of God would probably get me ganked pretty quickly. Yeah, so I'm going to bounce back to this Milo thing. Uh, the Milos and the uh, Lauren Southerns, who's like the female version of Milo in Canada, she writes for Rebel Media. Uh, don't look at me, I don't know who this is. They are, so I don't actually think these people have any principles or beliefs. I think they're people who like looked at a uh, buffalo chicken. (laughs) Your buffalo chicken dip is ready. Okay, we're going to have to cut that. Uh, (laughs) They are people who looked at uh, kind of angry white people reaching critical mass in, in Canada and the U.S. and decided that the quickest path to fame and money was to start preaching to those people and pissing those people off. Preach to the desperate. Uh, You look at Milo. Somebody brought this up on the internet the other day I saw it. Milo, prior to Gamergate, was a guy who was trying to convince Twitter that they should ban trolls because they were harmful. Uh, This is something that the guy said as recently as as two or three years ago, and now he's some big free speech advocate, like... Maybe he uh, just decided if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's perfectly possible people do shift their their opinions and beliefs, but I look at these people who are kind of gaining notoriety uh, on on both sides of the aisle, uh, who are some some members of the left that I've seen... uh, I, don't, I mean, politicians and these people in the media are going to be self-serving. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be in these positions if they weren't in the first place. Because a person who doesn't want notoriety from the masses doesn't go out and have critical opinions. They just say, oh, I'm going to be at home today and 
not fucking do anything oh. because I don't want people to pay attention to me. I'm going to watch some reality TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that's ultimately all these people are. I think in a lot of situations, their critical opinions are, like, really... In, they're just pandering to their audiences, right? Like, they know yeah. what will get them the most attention and what will piss the most people off. And I will say that Milo is doing a fucking fantastic job. Yeah. If you can get people to show up and cause a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage <laughs> just opposing you hippies <laughs> to do a hundred thousand dollars you worth are of uh you're you're doing something i don't want to say right you're doing something well let's uh i want to just point out that this might be a terrifying example that maybe david ike was right and there are lizard people yeah and they're not sociopaths and they're not mentally detached without a sense of empathy they're just secretly lizards wearing human masks i, I believe that i yeah. i think this is the best also <laughs> best it, proof it, we found it does make a little sense but most importantly it is pretty damn entertaining to think that that rowdy roddy piper movie they live was right i've never is this is well this a it's real movie? It, in that movie yeah roddy piper who is one of the greatest actors of our time. No, I'm just joking. It's, it's a terrible B-Ray movie. But the point is, it came out in the early 80s, and it's Rowdy Piper finds these glasses, and he realizes that the politicians and the government are all secretly aliens, and they're doing all these subliminal messages to keep us in sync and keep us docile. And there's, like, he'll look at money and he'll put on the sunglasses and he'll just say, you're God. So it says money is your God. And then, like, he'll look at billboards and he'll put on the glasses and it says, stay asleep. So that was kind of, I guess, in a roundabout way of saying David, like, a parallel anagram for David Icke's lizard people. Which, if you don't know who David Icke is and you want to be seriously creeped out by a conspiracy theory go watch some of his videos or read some of his texts because the guy is super crazy but it's super awesome because he makes just enough sense <laughs> that you start questioning it like if someone is like hey there's lizard people out there you're like shut the fuck up that doesn't exist <laughs> but if he gives you a couple examples and he says hey maybe the lizard people are kind of part of what the actual Illuminati is and they're kind of calling this, pulling the strings and making some choices. You're like, holy shit, there are lizard people. What are we going to do about it? This person did that a lizardish thing one time. Oh, Maybe yeah. they could be kind of lizardy. And can I get to be friends with these lizard people? Shout out to the lizard people. If you want to give our podcast some money, we'll give you some plugs. Yeah, uh, we are 100% pro-lizard people now. Yes, you do have the right to free speech and free lizard people actions that you want to partake on our society as long as you give us some money. Could you imagine if after we upload this, like you have this like clandestine email from a guy oh, who's like, hey, God. we're real and we're going to give you some cash. Yeah, they're like the dump truck's on its way. <laughs> Open your front door and then I just get shot. Money. I would go full Alex Jones Infowars for that shit, man. I would be yeah. a foaming at the mouth idiot ranting about lizard oh people. If, I think uh... I would go more the realm of Kelsey Grammer, which if you don't know, there's like an anecdote of Kelsey Grammer when he got the show Frasier, or was it Frasier or Curious? Anyways, he got a bunch of money and he bought a Viper and he wrapped it around a pole. That's what I would do. If I got a dump truck <laughs> full of money, instead of telling the world there was lizard people, I would go out and buy... <laughs> A super fast Porsche and I would probably kill myself by accident 
by flying off a cliff or something <laughs> because I don't actually know how to handle that much car and I'm not going to be smart and not drive that fast. The car would have a very wide seat. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. you would be able to sit comfortably. It'd in be it. a lot more comfortable than a bike. Uh, I think so. Man, we are nailing the segways today. Oh uh, so talking about I'm segway horny right now. <laughs> lizard people and uh, animal rights. Let's talk about an issue that you brought to my attention. Yes. Uh, this is go ahead. This is my contribution to the podcast. Derek talks about Milo and all these people I've never heard of and their shitty political opinions. And then I read stories about PETA not wanting Warhammer 4. Is it 40,000 or 4,000? I don't even. It's Oh my God, we just like, lost our nerd audience. It's the nerdiest oh, shit. shit. Anyways, <laughs> if you're not familiar, Warhammer is like a role-playing game where you build figurines. And what PETA has a problem with is these little plastic figurines have fur on them. Well, they don't have actual animal fur because you're like, well, if they're killing animals to make these figurines, that's bad. That would that would be a valid protest. No, what's happening is they have plastic that looks like fur on the figurines. So basically, Pete is like, you should have your figurines not have fur on them because it's making people who build these figurines think fur is okay. And then you're like, well, no, because the animals in this hell-like war universe that Warhammer is based don't deserve to live. Yeah. I would also like to point out that, like, the audience of uh, LARPers who would take their fashion cues from Warhammer, Yeah, you could kill one bear and fucking you would cover the entire LARPing audience. If they think <laughs> wearing fur is okay, fucking let, kill the one bear. Yeah, it's... Give these people fur. It's a very small group that but, actually go into... Fields and LARP. Like, that's why they make video games. So you can just stay at home and keep your social pride, maybe. <laughs> we, I wouldn't know. I've never had any of that. Yeah. Uh, PETA is officially become a parody of itself, I can think. Can I use a shark or uh, animal analogy? Yeah, go for it. PETA has jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We just have that. <laughs> yeah. No, they... Uh, in going back to just like manufacturing shit to be upset about it's like yeah. have we not had a real animal related issue for so long that PETA now has to get upset about like the nerdiest nichest audience using yeah. artificial fur is it even fur is like plastic it's no it's plastic made to look like like fur, fur yeah like the figurines are all plastic Who they're just they're made in a mold so 10 years ago PETA was encouraging people to wear plastic that looked like fur yeah, because so it meant fewer animals were dying yeah well except for the plastic animals <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well no one think of the plastic animals <laughs> right uh yeah peter you're uh so now not even that's good enough now if you wear faux fur or fake fur peter's got mad because they're like well maybe some people would see that and say they wanted real animals so you shouldn't wear fake fur. Maybe there's a real life Cruella de Vil out there. She's going to see your <laughs> fake fur and kill 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, to make a coat. <laughs> Talk about a crappy storyline plot. I don't, I'm sure that was like PETA propaganda, man. They were like, yeah. no, don't kill these dogs. Disney, super racist, also animal rights activist. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Did not see that Venn diagram coming. Uh, yeah, let's let's keep putting fake... You know, if it pisses Peter off, I've, I've never really gotten behind their tactics. Like, some of it's valid. 
there was that dog that was like assaulted on a movie set or like forced into like a vat of water what the oh, shitty yeah. dog's life movie or whatever yeah which uh, nobody was gonna go see anyway yeah like whatever the sorry dog was Kevin unhappy. Costner but nobody cares uh, wasn't it Randy Quaid the, was it like, Randy Quaid the poor man's Kevin I don't Costner? even care enough to get the right actor <laughs> I mean, Rand- I like Randy Quaid a bit more than Kevin Costner. Wait, which one's the, like, crazy Quaid? That's Ra- Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Or is it... No, oh, it's Ra- backwards. Randy Quaid's Randy the good Quaid's one. Randy Quaid's the crazy one. Yeah, and there we go. Dennis Quaid? No. Are you Googling I'm it? I'm Googling it because... This is the first thing we've had to Google this entire we podcast. We should probably know which Quaid is which. Like, this isn't getting the fucking Baldwins mixed up, who all, up until five years ago, were all mixed up until Alec became a shining star. Alec became a shining star. The and... runaway Baldwin. Remember, like, back in Biodome days when you're like, ah. Dude, Biodome was rad. Yeah, and Stephen Baldwin was the Baldwin to get hook your train to. Yeah, you could have been, like, either Baldwin. Who could have foreseen what was going to happen there? Yeah, exactly. Wait, Rand- yeah, Randy Quaid's the crazy one. Okay. Dennis Quaid is the angry one. Yeah, so His... Dennis Quaid is the poor man's Kevin Costner, and he oh, was... was... Oh, I think it's the show Longmire. That's why I like Dennis Quaid. Because he was... It was the show... I'm going to look it up. I think it was Long... Yeah, it was Longmire. Where he was this, like, small town sheriff. And he was all gruff and, like... It was like a western, but set nowadays. And then they said that he... They were questioning him for some crime that happened. And they said they found beer. And he's like, what kind of beer did they find? Because I only drank Rainier beer. Shout out to Rainier Beer if you want to give us money. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll especially trash those uh, pro-immigration Budweiser fucks if you give us money. Exactly. Also, Budweiser, if uh, <laughs> you want to give us money, we will not plug Rainier. Rainier doesn't sound German at all. And I bet Rainier, they were not. <laughs> so don't don't worry. We're just telling that because that's what they want to hear. We'll still plug it. <laughs> uh, yeah, PETA uh, occasionally does good, but uh, more and more, I just like roll my eyes when yeah, I see like, shit that they're complaining about. It's uh, one good way to illegitimize your cause is to just come across as ridiculous. So this could even be like a false flag event where someone who's not from PETA went like, well, PETA doesn't want you to do this that way. Everybody thinks PETA's just gone totally crazy and then it le- illegitimizes PETA. Yeah, or it was some marketing dude from Warhammer. It who's was like, Monsanto. 40 people play our little figurines game. <laughs> oh my god, we we're gonna get press. so much shit. I know 40 <laughs> people personally who play it. Do you actually? No, I know maybe 10. So explain, can you explain this? This Like how, what is okay. it? Like Dungeons and Dragons just with figurines? Yeah, or? so basically... Before video games were around and you wanted to play, like, a uh, battle against a friend, you would go to what is called tabletop games. So Warhammer is you have, like, tanks, soldiers, and you put them on this field, and then you take turns having a battle where, like, each character has their stats and stuff. And then it caught on because people liked building their own Warhammer figurines so they could, like get two figurines, customize them, glue them together. So it has a modeling uh, draw as well. So Warhammer 40,000 is an alternate universe that has space travel. And basically what happened is, I don't, I haven't researched it, but I, I'm gathering that what happened is one of the armies went to a hell-like dimension and came back. So they're all covered in skulls and dead animals and all this like, sort of viking slash goth garb and those are the ones pete is against 
game sounds kind of rad, actually. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should. It's totally fun, but it's just, it costs so I take back so everything I said. Uh-huh. And like everything else that's tabletop, it takes like a day to set up, and you got to do it. And then, but you could just play it on video games, so it's yeah it's easier. I don't know. I think. Uh... Oh, it's it's definitely like people sink lots of time into these, and like the people who love it, fucking love it. It's one of those. It's like a polarizing activity. It's not like. Oh, I think I'm going to make one or two Warhammer figurines and then I'm going to just go fucking play sports. It's like, no, you're in the <laughs> this, basement. This is my life now. Fucking, I don't know what happened. I don't know if there's crack in these figurines, <laughs> but I can't stop and I don't even want to stop. Even if Peter tries to make me stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not like you've got like your whole fucking army set up. You're painting them with those little tiny brushes and a magnifying glass, and you're like, "Dude, my fucking army is gonna own." <laughs> look at these tanks. Look at these fucking. Oh, and they have soldiers that ride on wolves and shit too, which is dope. And then you're gonna be like, "Oh, well, Peta says I shouldn't be into this." Well, I think I'm just gonna throw this all in the garbage. <laughs> in the garbage. Five years and a couple grand worth of time just in the garbage. Yeah, that's never going to happen, Peter. Yeah, no. uh, these people do not, clearly they do not give a shit about what is socially acceptable or not. Also, if, you're in, if your hobby is primarily fantasy, meaning you want to escape reality, you're not going to care about the reality of your figurines somehow affecting people's consumption of fur products. Yeah, that's a valid point. Uh, on that note, we just talked for a full hour, single take, uninterrupted. Oh my god, we didn't even have to pause this time. I'm actually really glad that I fucked up that first episode, because this is way better than the first episode actually yeah, was. Yeah, because now you don't have to edit it. Yeah, this is perfect. Uh, Derek's girlfriend just got home and is making fun of us. Yeah, so we're gonna... She's we're, a terrible person. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, we're gonna discuss her on the next episode of uh, Outrage Factory, because she really pisses me off a Also, lot of I would like to point out to our audience that me and Derek both have girlfriends, <laughs> so we're not total losers. <laughs> and even though I know about Warhammer, and we are going to play D&D after this, Shh. we once in a while have sex. Not, Let's end not, on that. not with each other. Not with each other. Yeah. With our girlfriends. Not not at all with each other. No, with our with uh well yeah. thanks thanks Bye. for coming out and listening uh to the first uh slash second episode of our Oh Factory. yeah, we, we do gotta cover some stuff that got lost in the first one because we had a Twitter poll about ants on a log, and the winner was, although it tastes good by themselves, putting cheese whiz with raisins to make ants on a log is kind of weird and you should use peanut butter and raisins yeah we did have a debate on the last show that you will never hear uh about the ultimate spread for ants on a log uh peanut butter did win out by quite a significant margin and i had a letter from a friend who was asking who my funniest friend is and it's still Derek bolin yeah thank you because Otherwise, he wouldn't be my co-host. I would not co-host this podcast with yeah, you. Uh, my funniest friend is also Dale DeRuiter, but no one gives a shit who my funniest friend is. Yeah, except for me. Nobody asked me anything. But I win anyways. So uh, if you have matter. topic ideas or things that really made you upset, you can tweet us at OutrageFactPod on the Twitter machine, uh, or you can shoot us an email at, Nobody's gonna email. Uh, but if you, if you do, if you still email, you can. Uh, I think it's outragefactory@gmail.com. Let me double check that. Yeah. Do, um, do, do. Oh, the the outrage factory, all one word at gmail.com. 
Uh, yeah. Send us. So they're not the same to confuse you. So there. Yeah. Send us, uh, you know, ideas or things that pissed you off or you hate mail. Facebook group? Uh, no, we'll probably start one of those too. Yeah. Well, uh, do people still do this on Facebook or do they just send those chain letters that are like, eh, let's see how many people talk to each Copy other. Copy and paste this status. How did we wall. meet? How did we meet the first time? One word. I can <laughs> tell you how we're unmeeting and not being friends anymore. And it's you this being post. Exactly. Oh, I want to cover, uh, yeah, I recently deleted Facebook and Twitter. Just, I didn't delete my accounts. I just deleted the apps from my phone. Uh, and I did that obnoxious thing where nobody just like, does something and like fades away yeah. in the background. They got to make a big grandiose statement about it being like, hey, I'm doing this thing and this is why I'm doing it. I did yeah. that. I was that guy. Uh, but it's actually been fantastic not having, it's not like I stay off Facebook and Twitter entirely yeah. now, but I'll check it like once or twice a day uh, and I'm not uh, currently checking my phone every 20 seconds looking that for updates. That is a good habit to get out of it. it. And I'm, I would make fun of you for being like, oh, I'm getting off Facebook, blah, blah, blah. But I had to go through the thing, through this sort of phase when I stopped being a graphic designer and became a welder. Because when I was a graphic designer, I was working on the computer. So I always had Facebook open and I was always looking at it. And that's just what you do because you're on a computer. But now that I'm a welder, and I work in a shop, I'm not gonna just be looking at my phone because I'm gonna be fucking welding shit and I don't wanna get fired so I don't look at my phone all the time. So I've actually gotten off it like a couple years ago and it is good to not have to think about what's going on on Facebook all the day because it can be toxic. Oh, it's super toxic. Especially now when people just like argue about shit constantly. And whine about shit like when did that happen? Like, I looked at my Facebook the last couple of days, and I'm like, why is everybody whining about stuff like I care? Yeah. Like, it's not the outrage stuff we're supposed to cover. It's more like, oh, my life is bad because of this. And you can't just be like, haha, good, because then you're a bad person. This is why podcasts are awesome, because we can whine about or argue about any shit we want to, and you can't say anything back to us. Yeah. <laughs> this is and- a one-way... It's not real time. You could tell us like in a week when we actually upload it, we'll be like, I already forgot about yeah, that. I, I don't care. Stop caring seven days ago. Yeah. Dipshits. Uh, on that note, we're off to watch the Super Bowl. I would like to end this. And play D&D. I want to put that uh, we are currently nerd renaissance men. We will be playing D&D while watching the Super Bowl. And you can have everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back to outrage you people more in a couple weeks. And reach out on Twitter and email if you want us to talk in horrible English accents. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be a different podcast. Oh, is it? Good day. Wait, that's Australian. <laughs> that, that is Australian. I did say <laughs> shitty English accent. So. And what is shittier English than Australian? Well, bye. Shout out to Australians. Give us money. Only makes the